Hello and welcome to Blue Talk, the official Birmingham City Football Club podcast, giving you unparalleled access behind the scenes here at Blues. My name is Callum Denning, Dale Moon alongside me, and joining us later on, we'll have an exclusive interview with the man of the moment, the birthday boy, Gary Monk, he'll be joining us. And also, we'll catch up with the skipper, Michael Morrison, head of the small matter of a little match here at St Andrews on Sunday. We'll have a look back at our trip to the northeast to take on Hall. It's all on the way here on Blues Talk. The Blues Talk podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Right, Dale, hello. We're here in the uh, Gil Merrick studio. Yes, Callum Denning. What a week in store. What a week to launch a new podcast. Anything happening? Have, have I missed the memo about <sighs> something here? I don't know if it's nerves, excitement, a mixture of both. Um, but yeah, it's finally here. And it seems like this week is dragged on. It has gone on a bit, and it dragged on. So um, yeah, glad that we are what just a day away now. Yeah, well, we're recording this now at the weekend, but it feels like Monday was weeks and weeks ago. You yeah. know, coming yeah. back from Hull, building up that expectation, and yeah. now we're finally, finally approaching the big one. Yeah, it's crazy. Literally on the way back from Hull, we were talking about it, and I can't remember who we spoke to. I think it was Morrow on the back of our feature that we're going to play shortly, but he said like. On the coach on the way back from Hall, the players are talking about Villa. All attention turns to this game on Sunday, um, and I cannot wait to get going. The atmosphere in itself is going to be crazy. Well, we'll talk about them in a minute, but what are we doing here? I think we need to explain what this is, what mm. we're about. Yeah. I mean, why the two of us are just sat here effectively chatting rubbish in the yeah. studio. Yeah. What are we doing? This is Blues Talk. Yeah, for me, um, <clears throat> podcasts at the minute are a fantastic way of breaking down barriers. It's not the conventional format of Q&A style interviews. And I think it's a great way of being a more relaxed format of bringing supporters um, access to players, access to management staff, backroom staff, exclusive chats that you can't get anywhere else in a more informal style. I think people's and players themselves will tell you they still get nervous when a camera and the lights are on them and they so feel like... So do I, mate. So yeah, do I. And that, you know, they feel like they have to say the right thing and how they look and whether they've got their Barnet crook the day before. You know, how many times have we wanted an interview with a player? And they'll say, oh, I haven't got a fresh dream, so I Mentioning can't do it. no names. Yeah, yeah. That will say, you know, we're not going to uh, reveal who those players are. But this is a great way of just having a very informal chat with a player. We can talk about anything they feel, and I think the barriers come down a little yeah, bit yeah. when we do it. Well, behind-the-scenes access is what it's all about for the supporters, and we will be giving you the biggest behind-the-scenes access we mm. can muster, starting with this episode. We're going to the gaffer's office. Yeah. We're going to have a chat with the gaffer. Yeah, he's um, what a guy. I mean, he's been brilliant, hasn't he, since he walked in. I mean, it's a fantastic um, job that he's done a year this week in the job. So we can reflect upon those 12 months and just how far the club have come. I think it's amazing when you think it's only 12 months ago, the whole mood around the club and how it's, it's been turned on its head under Gary Monk. We'll have a chat about that in just a moment and also get his thoughts as well on a year here at St Andrews. But first, I think we will start by having a look back yeah. at the whole match. I think we got a bad form out of the way. Yeah, I think so. I mean, as the manager said straight after the game, it was three games in a week. And I know supporters still feel like, well, they're professional athletes. They should be able to do 90 minutes three times in a week. I get that. Um, but to go to a whole side whose home form is great, I think they won six of their last seven at home. So they're particularly strong. They're a side who, sh- who have shown already this season that they can go on a on a streak of wins in over January, at least December, January time. They were on that fantastic run that propelled them away from from danger and, and started looking up towards the playoff spots. So to go there, um, and they've got a, a vast array of attacking talent. And uh, I think as the manager alluded to afterwards, the lads probably it was a game too far for them. Lots of effort put into the Blackburn game here at St Andrews. Um, to then go on the road to Bristol and get the result we did. And I thought they were fantastic at Bristol to go to another tough away day and come away with three points. To then ask them to do it again. Yeah, yeah. It, they did look a little bit jaded, the players. It probably took a little bit out of them. So um, no excuses, as the manager said. It's a disappointing result, but 
there are probably reasons you can point to as to why the result was as it was. We're in the spirit of looking back this week, and I think as well it's worth mentioning, let's compare where we were last season when we went up to Hull. 6-1 mm-hmm. yeah. defeat, we don't want to touch on that yeah, too much. Yeah. But well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you've, you go back there, caretaker manager Lee Carsley comes in. Um, Steve Cottrell was obviously in the stands. Club, uh, you, know, you talk about how it feels like a stable club now. You know, we have a manager who's ambitious, but who gets the club. He's been here for a year now. You can see the upward trajectory that the club have been on, a steady trajectory that we've built, they've been on since he joined. Um, and at that time, yeah, we go to a whole side who, again, were free scoring and put six past us and you come away and you think, well, we've bottomed out now. Can it get any worse than, than this? So, yeah, not, not one that will live long in the memory. Um, but, yeah, to go there this time, not, not the result we wanted. But, um, yeah, quickly all attention turned to this Sunday. One thing that will live long in the memory is one of the weirdest things I think I've ever seen happen at a football game. What happened at half-time? At the whole game? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah, so as press, you know, we're standing there and a few will go ga- down and get a coffee and a tea for for the half-time interval and we're standing there the alarm goes off um, instructing everyone to make their way to the exits because there's been an incident in the ground which really you know the first time it goes off you're having to look around and think forget it I ain't going anywhere we've got a job to do Mid- midway through a game it must be a false alarm yeah, yeah. 30 seconds pass and no one's moving the music cuts dead so there everyone's thinking it's a bit moody and then um, yeah the second time the alarm comes off Again, instructed everyone to make their way to the exits. Don't use the lift because there's been an incident. So I, uh, yeah, we slowly started to make our way down the stairwell, and um, and yeah, eventually they they said it was a false alarm. So someone pressed the wrong button somewhere, and it was probably in a lot of trouble for it. But um, yeah, I think given the scoreline, it was probably one of our players trying to get the game off. Is that the highlight you're taking <laughs> away from it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Right. Well, um, let's move on to a slightly more cheerful topic then. Yeah. Popped down to uh, the Trillion Trophy Training Centre not two, three mm-hmm. days ago. Yeah, yeah, midweek. So um, it was the gaffer's birthday, the big 4-0. So yeah, me and uh, Callum managed to uh, weave our way into his office in the deepest, darkest corners of uh, the Trillion Trophy Training Centre. And uh, yeah, grab a, a great chat with the manager. Uh, as you'll hear, he talks in depth about Blues Villa, what it means, you know, his his understanding of it has obviously became clearer since he moved to moved to the city. Uh, about how old he feels, uh, where the team are at the minute. He talks a little bit about the whole FFP situation or profit and sustainability that's hanging over the club. So he does allude to that. So yeah, a worthwhile chat with uh, with the man in the hot seat. The Blues Talk Podcast. Hi chaps. Gav, how are you doing? Good. You? Good sitting here in the office. Yeah, I, I think the only place to start is with the fact that we're sitting here now and you're... And that you want this seat. And you're... <laughs> he's a better seat out of the fruit. And your 40th birthday. So yeah. happy birthday! Happy from, birthday from everyone at Blue. Yeah, School. let's not talk about that. No. Um, let's go one better than that. Yeah, <laughs> we've got you a cake, Gaffer. Yeah, we have. Good man. We're gonna have to put the candles in it it's live. Oh, a little football cake. Yeah. With yours. Uh, no expense spared. The problem is my son will kick that around. We've got a lot of candles. Are we causing a fire hazard here? Uh, well, maybe we can leave that There's with you. You can light that as and when you wanna. Cheers, chaps. But we'll give you the light. We'll throw the light in for free as well. Yeah, it's an added bonus. So Appreciate that, fellas. That's part of it. Good Do you lads. feel 40, Gaffer? No. About 60. <laughs> <laughs> I look 60, but I am 40. No, no. But, um, nah, it's just a number now, isn't it? Is it? Once you get past. 30 was the hardest one. Yeah. I think because I was still playing. So 30 was like a. I think the perception in football was. Um, yeah, when you get to 30, it's, you're coming towards the end. Yeah. So I didn't take 30 very well. Yeah, yeah. Went to um, restaurant with the missus. We didn't speak all night. I was in a foul mood. <laughs> Caused an argument. <laughs> didn't speak yeah. at the mill when I'm from a photo. <laughs> so now, Perfect. since that point, they've all been... Don't really count them anymore, do you? No. What do you get nice? Have you opened your presents yet? Um, again, you don't get much when you get older. Yeah, the presents then dwindled, don't yeah. they? It's, yeah. it's like no one cares. Yeah, you're right. So... I had a bit of a pop at the family this morning because yeah. I think I got like a... They gave me a nice card, actually. It was like a card made out of chocolate bars. Okay. I mean, like, obviously the writing linked with the oh, chocolate okay. bars. Okay, yeah. So which was quite a clever idea. I like it. But that was it. So... <laughs> a lot of effort's probably got... Really appreciated the effort, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of everything else, that, yeah, I was disappointed. 
Big yeah. week though. Year in the job. This yeah. Monday just gone. Yeah. So did you get all the cards for that instead, or what? Is that is that what's happened? No, not really. Um, no, it's been great, hasn't it? How um, quick's it gone for you? Some weeks are, are quicker than others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it depends, doesn't it? When you're when you're winning and you've got momentum, you know, what I mean, things seem to go quick, and then if you suffer a setback, you know, what I mean, it seems an age for that next game to try and put it right. Yeah. So um, it all changes, doesn't it? But then when you look the bigger picture. It was, you know, it's a year. Yeah, I think it's, I think the same thing in life, doesn't it? It seems to go quick. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, it seems to have, yeah, gone quick this year. I remember when you first walked into the press conference. I think it was down in the dungeon that we have to use, and you, you almost had to lift the press up because we were sitting. That a lot of the pre- members of the press who regularly attend the press conferences are sitting there, and we're still a little bit down. We're all down being great. And I just thought it was your, per- I just thought it was your personality. <laughs> <laughs> You had to almost say, come on, guys. Like, and yeah. then ever since then, have you surprised yourself by just how much has changed in 12 months from that moment you walked through the door and had to assess things to where you are now? I'm not surprised. I think it's just more, yeah, just delighted with that side of it. I think, um, yeah, I just think from when you, same thing, if you think about that first day, you're yeah. talking about it like that to where everyone is now. Yeah. It's not that everyone comes in all singing and dancing yeah. and, you know, every single day, but it's, yeah, the feeling and the, much more positive feeling isn't it and that was a big thing to to try and change we needed that immediately didn't we because of the relegation fight we had but then I think we've just all everyone I think everyone's recognised that from the end of last season Mm. and kind of got on board with that and and that's everyone I mean it's not just us guys up here but it's it's all of you guys the staff the local journalists the, Mm. the fans and everyone I think they've just been much more upbeat and I said at the start you know that's the only way that you can get out of them the situation we were in at the end of last season but also try and enhance it going forward so yeah just I think it's been great mm-hmm. the mood's great I think when you take setbacks it's not all doom and gloom even though you're not happy about them yeah. but that's the difference between turning it a setback into a real negative or turning a setback into a you know a feeling of you, you want to respond you know so um, I think that's been a big difference um, this year according especially to you guys and everyone that's been here yeah from before so that was a big yeah. thing to do wasn't it and yeah. it's been great have you got any highlights from the last 12 months just it's hard isn't it one moment I know you look back um, like the Fulham games won a lot of fun yeah, stuff yeah. Too. the Bolton game at the end of last season was yeah. a standout wasn't it and yeah. Um, yeah the Fulham game was yeah it was an incredible atmosphere yeah. and then um, there's always games isn't there that stand out in your mind big games you know, big wins yeah um I think it's just been the whole process. I think it's been great. Everyone's been on board. The players have worked hard. The staff, the fans. Um, there's a long, long way to go. I do think there's a lot, of course, of other things that we've all talked about. We're all well of um, that. We need to. The club needs to get back on track and, and get everything sorted. But hopefully, that's a yeah. that will be done and, and take whatever happens this year and. And be able to build upon it. That's that's the ultimate aim. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's what has to happen. And um, yeah, that's really what what we focus on. But yeah, loads of highlights. Not just on the pitch, but things like off the pitch. Jeff's foundation, yeah. the club's work in the community. Yeah. I think everyone's really enjoyed that side of it. We? I think that's what a lot of supporters still comment on now. Mm. As good as the results have been on the pitch, especially to first of all keep the club in the division, and then mm. how it's been this year to be challenging and on the right end of the table. But the off the field side of things has almost superseded yeah. any of that. Yeah, it's the bond, isn't it? Yeah, between the fans and the club, it's better than I think. Yeah, yeah. we've known it for many years. Yeah, yeah. I like people keep saying, you know, I think Harley said it and Harley Dean said it a few weeks back. It's a working man's club. They feel part of the community, close to us as a as a club and to its supporters, and to, to build that bridge again, which I think now is probably as good as it's been for yeah. a good few years. That's good. Is um. It's vitally important, isn't it? Yeah. I think um, it goes hand in hand. Yeah, primarily my work and the players and everyone is, is what goes on on the pitch and what happens on the training on a daily basis. But I also f- feel that as a player and anyone, you've got to feel a connection with the club. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You've got to understand who you're working for and what it means to people outside of you. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said it from the start, you know, when you put that shirt on, you got it doesn't just represent you mm-hmm. and your family and each other up here. It represents... A whole community, mm. and that means a lot more. And it's bigger than you, isn't it? Yeah. You know. But I think if you have a feeling for it, yeah. I think that just helps. You know. Do you have a feeling for it before you joined the job? Before you joined the club? I just recognised it. Obviously, in my career, my playing career, especially at Swansea, which was probably my most successful period, there was that bond. Do you know what I mean? So there was all the football and, and all yeah. the training, all those things. And of course, primarily that's the job. But 
I think every player that came into that club at that point and obviously us that have been there for quite a while, just that connection with the community and what it meant, do you know what I mean, to play for that club. Mm. As I said, put that shirt on. I just felt you were a better player. Yeah. You felt a better player. Or you, you had the mentality to to work harder and, and try and achieve, you mm. know, and I just think obviously recognising that as a player then into management, I've always tried to yeah. Put that onto on, onto the team and mm -hmm. to the players and stuff like that. Some are more receptive than others, but this this group have been really receptive. I think mm -hmm. they've understood it, especially from the end of last season. You know, said to them at the end, you know, this club cannot be no matter what. It cannot be in that situation. No. It cannot be in that situation so many times in the last five years. You know, three out of the last five years for Birmingham is, yeah. is ridiculous. So you, you fall through the trap door if you yeah. keep flying with it. But at the end, of the, it's our responsibility to be the first ones to change that you know and I said that to the players they're the first ones whatever happens in the future whether you leave or you stay or whatever it is you can be remembered hopefully as the first ones that put that foundation back in place and um, and then everyone else that followed you can try and carry that you know carry that baton on that's, that's how it should feel like from the moment you walked in you'd have been aware of what Sunday will mean do you, do you remember the first time anyone spoke to you about Blues Villa and the magnitude of the fixture. I know you knew already how being yeah. a second seed obvious, but when you first came to the club, was you the first person that probably mentioned it? Yes, I think I said it in the first 20 minutes I stepped into the stadium on that press conference and went obviously announcing that I joined the club. I think it was one of the staff that was working at the club. Um, might have done the hospitality boxes yeah. outside like. <laughs> I can remember him saying, I can't remember his name. I think you just said, oh, welcome to the club. <laughs> just make sure you beat the Villa. <laughs> like, which you were walking in the door. So that yeah. just tells you. I knew it anyway, yeah. but that just sort of told you. And I think from that day onwards, at least once a day. Yeah. Which is a mate. You can't get yeah. away from me. Yeah. That's great, isn't it? Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Rivalries and some are intense, more intense than others. This yeah. is an intense one. And, yeah. and especially in this area, you know what I mean? In the Midlands, it's, yeah. it's quite fierce, isn't it? You yeah. know? So I've always known that from the outside, but... Yeah, now being in it, yeah, um, we had the experience of the first one. Once a day, <laughs> yeah, every day. Pretty much, so, yeah. I can actually believe that. I as well. Yeah, pretty, yeah. yeah, pretty much. I wouldn't say there's many days where I don't yeah. hear some, you know, someone mention that or something on social media will mention it or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just it's what it is. So now you understand that. Yeah. What did you think of the derby from the outside then? Um, uh, obviously, you you were aware of it, but did you know just how hostile it was? Yeah, like I've watched them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean any? Derby of it's worth its salt is yeah. is going to be hostile and yeah. loud and aggressive and um, and yeah when we went down there I think it was only really when they scored um, we started the game really really well mm -hmm. I think we actually quietened them exactly what you want to do and, you know I remember Shea had that second chance at yeah. the post mm -hmm. maybe if that had gone on I think it was a tipping point to where we might have got the advantage yeah. even more but that's done and dusted but yeah of course when they came back into the game the, the crowd was up yeah, and yeah. the loudness of it. Yeah, obviously you can taste that atmosphere, can't you? Yeah. But I'm, what I'm really looking forward to is St Andrews. Mm. It'll be a different type of feeling to, to Villa Park. Yeah. and Yeah, really, I can't wait. Yeah, it is. There's a, there's a maliciousness, there's an yeah. intimidation factor at St Andrews. Is that from you? Yeah, I'll have to keep it under control in the press box. Are you going to be able one of the hoodies? You're no, going to be coming down to the dugout. No, no, no. <laughs> bark, no bite. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's where I think the difference is, I think. And I obviously work for the club, so it's going to be coming from a certain bias. But yeah. they've got forty-two thousand in the stadium. Very, it's going to be loud when they score. But I just feel like it's not. You don't. There's not that intimidation when you go to Villa Park. Okay. Whereas I feel like St Andrews on Derby Day. Yeah. I'm sure everyone, especially from their side, will know straight away that they're in a game. Yeah. It's a cauldron, and because of how close you are to the pitch, and yeah. you can't get away from it. And that's what I think can make a difference. Yeah, I, I think as players, is it's um. Yeah, it, it's playing in those atmospheres. You know what to expect, but it's kind of like you've got to. It's not put that to the side because yeah. you need to use that as that thrive energy to thrive off it. But you also need to know your performance needs will give that atmosphere a boost. So it's focusing really hard on your job, yeah. doing it at your highest level, and bringing that intensity and that passion mm -hmm. and all those things that everyone wants to see. Mm -hmm. But I think it's making sure that it doesn't go over the top, you know, so it's, it's a difficult one. I've, yeah. played, I've played in derbies and been involved in derbies where sometimes got it spot on, yeah. sometimes a little bit too low and sometimes over the top. Such so a fine balance. Yeah, but I think um, the t team that can focus on its role or job the best in that type of atmosphere whilst thriving off it yeah. um, tend to give themselves a good chance of, of getting the right result. Yeah.
Is it like in the South Wales derby? Playing in it, managing in it? Yeah. It's, um, fierce one. Yeah. Incredibly fierce. Um, yeah, I love those games. It was, yeah, really, really fierce. Mm. I tra- you know, it was the whole thing. It wasn't just during the game. It was the travelling to the game. You know, I always remember, like, um, they literally just stopped it when I moved there. It was the first one. But what they used to do there was down the M4 corridor. Was, there was bridges all the way down, oh, you know, right. those little footbridges. Yeah, yeah. And whoever was playing away the home team would line the bridges throw bricks at the coaches oh. and if it was the other way around that home team would line the bit and then obviously the police started it's to river plate yeah but what I noticed in those ones um, yeah it was on the you know they would try all sorts if you were there, yeah. you know like you know, outside the ground chucking stuff making it hostile yeah. not just whilst you're in the ground you know it was everything so um, there's been a few incidents tasty ones but I, I used to love those atmospheres playing yeah. in them yeah. I think it was like that kind of, um, like you said there, it's that atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah. It's tangible. Yeah. It feels like it could go off. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's, it's policed incredibly well. It's simmering. Yeah, even though it's policed incredibly well now, which you needed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, as much as it's it's rivalry and passion, like, you don't want to see no. silly things going off in and around the ground and stuff like that. It's just, you know, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous, really. But, um, yeah, you need it on that edge to, yeah. you know, play the game I always felt that those ones were ones if you're a good player you try and respond to that and, yeah. and embrace it you know do you think we've got a group that will thrive in that atmosphere yeah I hope so we've um, we've tried to come a long way men- mentality yeah. wise we tried to make St Andrews really strong this year and and we've been trying to show our fight this year you know as a, as a group of of everyone you know yeah. players and staff and club so um, yeah I expect the players to, to relish it and mm. um, it'll be a difficult game yeah you know, for me, offensively, you know, option-wise, Aston Villa probably have the strongest squad in the league. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? On paper, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to be at our best. But I've said that in every game. Yeah. Regardless of who we're playing against, we have to, we're the type of team that has to be near enough our, our best levels or above it mm-hmm. to get things. That we haven't, every point that we've earned, we've actually properly earned Drafted. it. We've had nothing given to us. Mm-hmm. So, I think that, that won't change now just because we're into the last few games of the season. But, this team's been prepared to do it, you know, and it'd be another game, I'm sure there won't be much needed motivation to to try and show that fight as well again. So, um, yeah, that's why I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure the players are as well. Yeah. I um, I was just took, like mentioning to the players how you can't get away from, from the fixture, but I think from a fan point of view as well, you know, like going into work, and we spoke yeah. to a former player yesterday saying, you know, that's the main thing, that you want to go into work on Monday morning and have the bragging rights yeah. and have the bit of banner and it's all friendly stuff yeah. but it's been you know 13 games in the league since we got a, a positive result against yeah. so it's been a long time coming yeah we need to address that you know and, um, but Villa will know that as well and yeah. they'll want to show as strong as fight as, as what we want to do but of course when you're at home and you know, you're on your own patch and you've got all your own fans there it's Again, it can go one or two ways. You can see that as a real pressure and, and not perform, or yeah. you can relish that and, yeah. and go out there. Winning. That's what I expect from the players. That's yeah. what we, we prepare them for each and every game, and especially in these games. And um, I just think it's great. One thing that struck me after the whole game, I think in your post-match comments, it was looking ahead to Sunday, and it was about Sunday being the biggest game of the season now. Yeah. Which I thought, from a manager's point of view, to come out and just stop, let's address it, boom, this is the biggest game of the season. Mm. It's quite a bold move to make. From the manager's point of view. Yeah, but it's, it's the truth, isn't it? You know, it's, you've got to respect the rivalry and history of it, and um, there's no shying away from it. Mm-hmm. You've got to stand up and be counted. You know, in every game, but in these games, of course, without a doubt. But um, I think I'm confident in this in this team. You know, I think they've tried to show that all season. You know, what I mean, they've tried to stand up and be counted, and I can promise them it won't be through a lack of effort and fight and commitment for that shirt on on Sunday because it's been no different in any other game. So. Sometimes, yeah, we're, where we're at in terms of the squad and, you know, compared to Aston Villa and, and all those things, you know, yeah, of course there's a difference in, in terms of depth of quality and stuff like that, but that doesn't just give you the right to win a game, no. you know, you have to have a lot of elements that go with that and we have a lot of other elements, you know, going forward we want to add that quality and help the team that's already here, yeah. um, but that's just part of the process where we're at, but I can promise you 100% there'll be a real fight from our, from our players I'm more than confident yeah. mm. what's it like the week before the game out and about in the city is it all you hear about you just get in your bunker in your back garden yeah, yeah. 
put your tin out on knuckle down yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no it's great yeah, you know to be honest with you I think the passion's been there every single week yeah, I don't yeah. think if you're yeah. hearing about it every day yeah you don't make a difference whether it's the week leading no, up to it of course everyone gets more excited it's closer to the game you know what I mean but I think our job is to just focus on what we're doing up here is a focus on what we do you know it's, yeah. it's keep it keep it yeah. calm, you know fire in the belly but this is like a drawing board up here. This yeah. is where you get away from all the emotional yeah. stuff and this is right. Yeah. What, what and, and also some of these games, like I said, I've seen it before where if you waste too much emotional energy, yeah. you know I mean? You can feel a bit drained come yeah. game day. So it's, yeah, of course, everyone understands the importance of this type of game, especially for our fans. Yeah. Like you said, they're the bragging rights and all those things that go with it. Mm. But you've got to make sure, like I said, it's a very fine balance. You, you can't waste your emotional energy, do you know what I mean? Mm. Too much and be drained come the game. Yeah. So it's just trying to like we do, we try and prepare that pretty much every game. These ones where the senses are a little bit more heightened because yeah. of what it means to, especially the fans. Um, yeah, let's try and prepare that properly and come to the game, 90 minutes, everything that you've got. And I think that's what you can, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. But if you do that and you do it to your high level, you give yourself a good chance of getting the result you want as well. Yeah. First memory of Blues Willica? You know what, mine, see, I started going to games quite young, so... My first memories aren't brilliant, but the one that sticks out to me, Carling Cup, 2011, 2011. quarter-final, in the snow at St Andrews. Yeah. We all know what happened after that, so yeah. I mean, that's always got to be number one for me. Yeah. You done? I was 11 when we first got to the Premier League. We hadn't played in the league for 17 years. My dad took me down. I remember walking. You supported like... Walsall now, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Very much a blues fan. <laughs> yeah, um, so we were walking to the ground and I can still see it. The helicopter was right above the partition of the away and home fans where the cop corner meets the away entrance. I remember being 11, being physically like scared by walking. It's a, mon- it's a Monday night game. They haven't done it since because of all the silliness outside, but... I remember walking thinking this is something else and we scored we won 3-0 I remember looking across the stand and it, it was physically shaking it's the, it's the single best atmosphere I've ever were you scared? yeah as an 11 year old I, remember, I think I had sats the next day I, I, 100% I think I had tests the next day how did you get on in your sats? it didn't matter did it we won the game <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that's that's my earliest memory and still the best atmosphere I remember being part of that was a, that's a proper Blues Villa atmosphere yeah which is, which is good you mentioned the frustrations about you know, now you've got to a certain place with the team. Um, you've addressed lots of the the stuff that needed to be in terms of closeness of support and you know changing mentalities around the place. Still, we have all the ongoing noise from outside the club. It, I know you've always said it's not been a, a frustration. You can only concentrate on what you're doing. But is it now got to a stage where you just want to find out what's happening and you can go from there? You just need to know where you are, put you in the picture. Yeah, look, clarity is the biggest thing in anyone's jobs isn't it you know knowing exactly what you can and you can't do and where you're going you know everyone wants that you yeah. know everyone at the club wants that and of course having that sooner rather than later would have I said that since the summer mm-hmm. do you know what I mean and um, unfortunately we haven't had that but for whatever reasons and but as I said before I can't waste energy on that you know I can't control any of that I can only control what what I can control which is the work we do here every day, what we try and do on a match day, and and um, and yeah, and promote the other things that we have done, you know. And um, I just think, um, yeah, there's you can't do everything at once. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We can't do everything at once. Yeah, we yeah. all want it now. We want that end product now. We want every best possible Birmingham team possible, yeah. and all those things, and achieve this, this, and this. But you can't do it all at once, and you can't. Do you know what I mean? But what we've managed to do is put the most important things in place that allow you, hopefully, if that clarity comes, yeah. um, to be able to move forward and, and you know from where we are now. But again, do you think that's probably a problem with the short termism of in football management now? Is you know the jobs it's so difficult to sustain a place in the managerial hot seat for long enough to address everything that needs to be addressed at a club, whether it's that close with your support and academy system. You know, making sure you're getting performances on the team. You need that longevity to start addressing the whole, all the facets that make a football club. Yeah, but I think the longer you do this job, the the, the more you realise that that's out of your hands. You know what I mean? That you don't, you haven't got time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. And as much as every manager that you speak to will always tell you time is what you need, yeah. which is logic. Unfortunately, logic's not yeah practical in football much anymore yeah. do you know what I mean but I've, don't fight against that you understand that and I think yeah. what you try and do like I'm done with every job I've done like especially here is 
how you get to that long term is what you do in the short term. So doing what we've done, putting concentrate on just I said you can't do everything at once, so put foundations in, concentrate on them, try and get them strong. That was is what allows you that time. You know what I mean? At the end of the day you have to get results. Yeah. You have to get enough positive results to be able to maintain what you're building the foundations wise to then go forward and, and after that. But then what you need then is Every club's got a different situation. Our situation is we need clarity. We need yeah. to know how we're going to move forward. Everyone needs that. So these foundations aren't wasted. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you can actually build upon them. But the club know that. Everyone knows that. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still waiting clarification for that. So, um, yeah, again, Head down, nothing, get on with it. Yeah, nothing we can do about that. Yeah. But, um, of course, sooner sooner the better for, for our point of view, like I said, to make sure that... Yeah. The short-term stuff that we've put in place, obviously that's for long-term as well, is to be able to build upon. That's the most important yeah. bit. How far in the future do you get to plan, you know, in terms of players, pre-season? Do you look far ahead? I don't know, every manager will come out with this one game at a time, but in, in truth... I don't know what's happening in the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so nah. I really, there's a top job yeah. outside. <laughs> now we, um, yeah, all that side of it is, um, we have everything planned. Do you know what I mean? We know what we're doing for the month ahead and yeah pre-season things and stuff like that we've already been talking about that but from a football perspective we plan a month ahead of ourselves right. but of course then there's the mini cycle of the week ahead and yeah. have that planned out for do you know what I mean yeah. that following game and knowing what that looks like and and then you really you're just tweaking maybe it's availability of players and numbers and positions and but the content and everything that we're going to do is yeah normally planned out for we have the schedule for the month and then we have a content for at least a week right? and then it's just tweaked right. you know I mean we have a meeting in the morning of each day have the content there and then okay how's that tweak with the numbers that we have or availability and that's how we kind of work mm-hmm. so it's, it is all planned and um, yeah it makes that it's yeah. part of making your job a little bit easier yeah I did want to bring up one question actually I was looking at um, the first, I think it was one of the first interviews you've done with you it's more about you as a person rather than a football manager when I asked you it was probably if pizza should go on uh, pineapple should go on pizza that sort of interview yeah and I asked Horrendous you how, question, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you remember said, that. remember you said, you like pineapple, so yeah, it's not a problem with getting on pizza. I thought it's horrendous. What, that's outrageous. I said, you can't trust people who put pineapple on no, pizza. I, I you like, said, why can't you trust Yeah, them? but I don't like pineapple. I wouldn't eat pineapple. The only time I eat, I've ever... He's on a pizza. He's on the pizza. That's the worst. But that's probably because, like, my daughter, probably because my daughter likes pineapple on the pizza or whatever. So you just have it because it's around. Yeah, so are you saying that I can't trust my daughter? Uh, is that what you're saying? He's not right. no, I respect that. I respect it. But, but like, because then if she leaves a bit, I'll have a yeah, bite. Yeah. I wouldn't order her. Um, the one thing that she was going to pick up on from that interview was I asked you how long you think it would take for you to learn the words to key right on. Right. And you said you maybe kids have to learn it first and then yeah. they'll sing it around the house. So they're getting close to it now, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, how far yeah, away boys. do you reckon you are um, from every word? I think my daughter knows every word, but she gets the sentences muddled up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But she, I've read it all down and read it and read it and read it, but I haven't. Yeah, my singing's not great, and then it's like it would be a bit weird if you saw the manager singing Keith. Yeah, I was about to say, we're yeah. gonna get a rendition. Or... Yeah, it would be a bit weird. I will do. I will. Do. I'll, but before the end of the season, I'll give you a rendition. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's. We'll get that in the yeah. diary. Yeah, but you commit to it now. And I'll bring my little choir, my two boys, and my daughter as a yeah, choir yeah. backing vocals. Yeah, yeah. You know what you have perfected quite well as well. I've noticed this: the wave to them. It's more than Be- clap. It's oh, do you, to the kids. Oh, to the kids? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Three men to the fans. No, because it's like, yeah. clearly to your kids, Yeah. but it's still like acceptable to be on camera. Yeah, because yeah. we, we get you at full time of every match, right above the dugout. Yeah. There's a little wave in the kids. Straight down the camera. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah, little yeah. wave. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, that. Yeah. yeah, it's your family, man. Yeah. It'd be weird if it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm just... Press, press, I'm, press I'm, press I, I think I'm just... Yeah, I think I'm just doing it to the press. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Probably a good way to sign up. Yeah. Yeah. I keep my kids sit the other side, so I'm just, <laughs> just doing it to random. Yeah, spot. they just get a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gaffer, thank you ever so much for your time. So, right, mate. Uh, the very first Blues Talk podcast, so I'm hopefully we'll be sitting here in a few weeks' time talking about a, a fantastic yeah, we'll result. Yeah, more stuff. Yeah. When you've got this all still. done to how you want it. and <laughs> When we've got our house in order. I'm last in your pile again, and then you can, <laughs> we can do a proper one. Sean Rush is not nominating himself to be next by. Yeah. He's from Hull, so be careful, right? And we can't, how are we going to translate? Yeah, because it's all we have to get a translator. In. We can put subtitles on the video at yeah. least, that'll be yeah. fine. We'll do yeah. that. All right, yeah, okay, thanks again. Pleasure, cheers, chaps. The Blues Talk podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. What a man! I say that as well. 
as a blue nose sat here, not someone who works for the club. What he has done at the club in just a year is nothing short of unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, he just seems to get it, doesn't he? I think Birmingham City is a club, as, we, as he said, it's a working man's club. We know what we are. Um, and I just think from the minute he walked through the doors, he had that connection. He got a feel for the place. Uh, and he set about making the connection between supporters and the club as tight as it as it could be. And it does make a big difference. You know, you see the players out and about in the community. It's been fantastic. But there, as he says, it's a it's a results based business. You know, all of that's great and getting the players out and the Jeff Horsfield Foundation and, and making the links with local schools and charities. But if you're losing every week, it you know it, it doesn't go um, it doesn't go down very well with supporters. So the results first and foremost are the most important thing. But the whole package that he's brought and his backroom staff, I don't think you can overlook the impact that James Beatty's had. Yeah. Is it a coincidence that Luka Zhukovic has 10 goals, 10 assists as we sit here and Shay Adams is, you know, the first blue striker to score over, yeah, over 20 goals since Steve Claridge. Um, so, you know, James Beatty's brought a different element to the attacking side of, of the team. Pep Clatet, you know, we're privy to training, to the, the, the training ground um, sessions that he puts on. Yeah. Set pieces is being key to very much a tactician there as well. The Spanish brains behind the team. Yeah. And then not forgetting Sean Rush, um, Ryan Needs. Ryan Needs, of course, the the analysis arm mm -hmm. of the team. And Sean Rush, I mean, I can't remember a blue side looking as fit as they have. So the whole of the backroom team, spearheaded by Gary Monk, have just been phenomenal since they walked in. And they get blues as well, don't they? Like you said, and as we heard from the gaffer there, he's well up for Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. You can sense it in his voice. And I know, I know managers, and this is probably why a podcast was a perfect format for this. You know, the manager has to do his pre-match press conferences and he's aware that obviously the, the the press are all there and he has to put on the managerial hat. Yeah, manager mode, I think uh, he yeah. called it. Yeah, he, he said it himself, then he yeah. manager mode. Uh, I feel like there you could sense that he wants this place, St Andrews, to be an absolute cauldron on Sunday. He wants the intimidation factor. He wants it to be loud and hostile. He gets the importance of that. Mm -hmm. You know, to have, I don't know, what, 28, 27,000 fans in here, uh, making it really difficult for the away side. And a few of them won't have ever stepped into an atmosphere like it on Sunday. Um, and I think he encourages it. Um, so, yeah, we have a manager who gets the club. Results have been fantastic. Now it's all on about the big one. And what impressed me, and I did as we just heard, say to him, as soon as that whole game finished, in his post-match comments, it was, Blues Villa, this is the biggest game of our season. And it's quite refreshing to hear a manager say that. You know, it's what the fans are thinking. It's what I'm thinking. It's what you're thinking. Yeah, but some would be safe. Yeah. Some would think, I don't want to put too much pressure on my players. I don't want to big this game up. It's just another three points. It's really interesting when you listen to managers' comments leading up to any derby. Um, what approach they take. Mm -hmm. And he came out and said, this is the biggest game of the season. So the build-up's all there. And if your manager's saying it you, and you're a player, there's no uncertain terms as to yeah. what this means on Sunday. How much are you looking forward to it? I mean, we spoke um, at the training ground about our Blues Villa memories. Mm. We're both massive Blues fans sat here. It doesn't get bigger than this, does it? No. It's a one-off fixture. I mean, you know, as the manager said as well, every club who's in a, a big city derby will say that this is the big one. But outside of Celtic Rangers, which for obvious reasons is a huge derby, I think this is the biggest one. I think the you know you sh the second city in the country, um, you have Aston Villa aside, who will crown themselves as the more successful mm -hmm. team over the years. A bit of a highbrow club, yeah. Um, have supporters from far further afield than we do. But to me, and I'm, like you say, I'm. I'm and I'm not going to hide the fact that we're both supporters of the club. This is the club of the city. Real Absolutely, salt of the yeah, earth yeah. people uh, who come down and support Blues and who have been deprived other than that 2011 Cup victory of real success in terms of silverware. But that's part of being a Blues fan. You raise, I think every young supporter is told when they're a kid, the joys and the sorrows, ups and the downs, they'll disappoint you, but the highs, the elation is unbelievable. More and, sorrows um, and joys, I think, is the phrase <laughs> that I got when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, but... Um, but then that mentality has to change over time. You know, that's what Gary Monk's here to do. It's, yeah, yeah. it's to build that foundation to make us a successful club. And um, yeah, the victories over Blues Villa are the ones that, you know, stay in your mind for, mm -hmm. for a very long time, as we spoke about those early memories when you were a young lad and, you, you, you know, you're down here at, at St Andrews and it's just so hostile and, mm -hmm. you know, the tension's there and you win the game and, you know, they stay with you for a long time. You mentioned they have fans from further afield than we do, but... Even in the city itself, it almost splits, doesn't it, coming up to this one, like going through town, 
suddenly everyone's wearing, I don't know, villa shirts, villa coats. <laughs> you see more blue shirts than you see in a normal yeah. week. Yeah. Almost like South Birmingham becomes Blues and then North Birmingham becomes Villa. Yeah, the battle, the battle lines are drawn. This is it, mate. It adds to the tension, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's brilliant. I remember early on, there's a good friend of mine. He's still a good mate now. Um, and we're, he's a Villa fan. I'm a Blues fan and we had the obvious banter. But when you're a kid, I don't know, maybe as you get older, you try and be a bit more mature and sensible about it. But it meant everything when we were a kid. And we had words ahead of the game. And then after the game, we beat them. And he said, right, after school, I'm going to meet you in the foyer. So I'm going in ready to, you know. To shake hands, yeah? Ready to, uh, yeah, clash, clash with this lad. I'm thinking, bloody hell, I've got what I got myself into here. And as soon as I walked through the door, he gave me a big hug and that was it. And we were both like, right, okay. We, because it does, something takes over you when you step yeah, into yeah. the ground. It's the only thing that matters on the earth at, at the, for those 90 minutes. And so... Um, but you'll have that. I mean, we spoke to Paul Tate this week. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul Tate, former Blues legend. He's a man who gets um, the rivalry. Yeah, certainly, yeah. But he's someone who himself says, you know, he goes to work on Monday and he's that's what his thought process is. I've got, he walks his dog with a Villa fan. So he knows he's going to get it in the ear from him. He works with a Villa fan. And that will be replicated throughout the city of, you know, Blues fans and Villa fans going to work together, um, you know, uh, neighbours, um, and you don't want to be on the receiving end of uh, a few jibes because you lost the game. So lots riding on it from a fan's point of view. For me, it's all about the, just seeing this St Andrews rocking at its very best. Those feelings are going to come back, aren't they? All the nostalgic ones. The second hmm. that we walk out into the stands at St Andrews on Sunday and see the pitch for the first time, hmm. it's all going to come flooding back. You know, I think it starts for me, Callum. When the alarm goes off on match day... I genuinely think it starts at that point. You go to we'll go to bed on Saturday night as this goes out tonight, and then the alarm goes off on Sunday, and it is the Christmas Day feeling. Genuinely, I'm picturing it now, waking up and thinking it's finally here because the build-up's been, you know, yeah, since the whole game, but further afield than that, you know, it's on the horizon, a month away, two months mm -hmm. away. Um, so the minute I wake up on Sunday when that alarm goes off, then you get that little butterflies in your belly and you get ready to go but it is a it's a mixture of fear it's a concoction of fear of excitement apprehension all thrown into one wake up head to the ground um from a media point of view obviously you have a little bit of work to do before everyone starts to pour in then the real work starts on the pitch yeah and then it's um and then it's kickoff time we'll obviously have gary mcsheffrey mm -hmm. and delia de bola with us for blue tv man. yeah the big man who'll be able to to preview the game for us paul robinson's kindly joining Jonathan Bell for commentary, so he'll be he'll be up for it, no doubt, knowing his character. Um, he'll find it tough to contain himself on Coco. I've had a word with Jonathan, asked him to make sure that it's all kept clean on commentary. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think Robbo's professional enough to, to switch that mode on, but he'll, he'll struggle to keep it together if we do score and go on to win the game. He knows what it means. Um, everything about it's a fantastic event, but you only enjoy it if you get the three points on the day. Well... One man who will be looking forward to it. He's captain the side in quite a few Second City derbies now. Still yet to win. He'll be looking to change that on Sunday. Dale went down to the training ground to get some quick-fire questions with Michael Morrison. The Blues Talk Podcast. What music do you listen to before a game? Oh, whatever rubbish Harley Dean's put on. <laughs> Snapchat story or Instagram stories? Instagram. Favourite restaurant to eat? Um, Gaucho's. Your karaoke song? Oh, Benny King. Favourite movie? Um, Gladiator. Which country produces the best food? Japan. What's your middle name? Brian. <laughs> Ideal holiday destination? Um, Mallorca. What's your order from a coffee shop? Latte. Best goal you've ever seen whilst on the pitch? Oh, John Terrell, Burnley. That was a good goal. Decent. Uh, have you met your sporting hero? Who is it? Ian Wright, yeah, supporting hero Ian Wright. Played with his son at Charlton. Decent. What instruction do you give to the barbers when they ask what you want to do to your hair? My friend's my barber, so he, uh, he knows what he's doing, so I don't tell him anything. <laughs> what is your favourite cheat meal? McDonald's. Uh, Secret McDonald's fan. <laughs> uh, NBA, NFL or Major League Baseball or none? No, I ain't got into any of them, no. no. Can you play a musical instrument? No, no, not at all. One person, dead or alive, you'd like round to dinner? Leonardo DiCaprio. Good actor. Solid. Can you speak another language? No. 
which Hollywood actor would you choose to play yourself in a Hollywood movie? Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. Played nice, didn't it? <laughs> uh, if the whole squad, squad had a Royal Rumble, who would be left in the ring at the end? Mark Roberts, definitely. Solid. Best pair of trainers or boots you've ever owned? I don't know. I had a gold pair of Adidas boots, Predators. You have the gold ones? That I liked, yeah. New ones out. Yeah, I had a gold pair of them a few years back, nice. actually. What's your favourite pizza? Plain, I just like margarita, yeah. Easily pleased. Favourite ice cream? Vanilla, again, easily pleased. Just do it right, get the little pods in. <laughs> Timeless Crack classics. It. Yeah. Aftershave of choice? Pack or a bum, million. If you could be any nationality other than your own, what would it be? American. Hmm. What's the strangest thing you've eaten? Oh, I had uh, duck carts a little while back. Anything on your bucket list? Yeah, I want to go to San Francisco. I want to go to Alcatraz. Not been there yet. Right. Uh, do you ever have a reoccurring dream or a dream that? Nah. nah. Uh, are you addicted to anything? Bad on my phone. I like. Mm. I'm bad on my phone. I think everyone I need, need a coffee in the morning. Typical ones, really. Have you got any words that you particularly like or dislike? I think somebody, someone, someone close to me probably better with that one. Yeah. Uh, favorite city other than Birmingham? I like Cambridge, where I'm from. Really, that's the biggest city where we're from. I like that. It's a good city. Very nice. Favorite? Have you got any memorabilia? No, just the uh, the stuff that I've won. Yeah. yeah. And finally, have you ever read a book cover to cover? Yeah, there's a little book club, actually. Well, there was when Adam Legston was here, but yeah, there's a, there's a few lads that like a little bit. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Nice to catch up with Michael Morrison earlier at the uh, training ground. A few quick fire questions. A bit of a novelty feature for uh, Blues Talk. Can't all be serious stuff about what's happening on the pitch. No, and you got the real insight about the book club there. I mean, that is what I think you're listening for, really. Yeah, yeah. Bit of culture among the Blues squad. Yeah, himself, Lukas Jukovic, Michael Kiftenbauer, they're all a tightly knit mm-hmm. triangle. Um, was it when Morrow and Juki went to see Keith and he had the banner held out at the airport? Yes, I remember seeing that on Instagram. Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. yeah, what a guy. Um, so, yeah, good to catch up with Morrow. He also spoke to the press after... Um, just talking about the game and like you say he's captain the blue side now probably the most experienced member of the blue squad in this fixture yeah Jack Magoma as well has been at the club for a few years but Morrow I think he's played in every one of them mm-hmm. um, so he knows what it's all about I think it, one of the questions were um, during the press conference if you had advice for a player who hasn't played in the fixture yet what would it be he says you know if you think you're going to have time on the ball think again and it's something that I've been talking about all week I think the first 10 minutes will be 100 miles an hour, frantic. Mm-hmm. The weather's going to be wet, windy. I was just saying, it's freezing in the studio now, so I can only imagine what it's going to be like on Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah, wet and windy, a greasy surface will add to it. Great playing field as we look over the stand now. Um, playing surface. So, yeah, all, the, all the, the things are in place to make it a fantastic, quick-tempoed, furious game. Mm-hmm. But like I say, the results are all that matters from our point of view. So um, we'll see what happens. Bit of team news for Sunday then. Uh, Maxim Collin obviously mm. went off just before half time at Hull. Won't make it for uh, for Sunday's fixture. Also, Gary Gardner, what, what's happened there? I know yeah. that the manager touched on it briefly in his press conference. Yeah, so um, so the gaffer was asked, obviously, no Gary Gardner, there's going to be an, a, an opportunity for another player to come in and make an impact, whether that's a David Davis. Charlie Lakin's only just back in training. So really it's a toss-up between David Davis and Craig Gardner. Um but it was obviously, it was almost um, considered done, the fact that Gary Gardner could definitely not play. The gaffer revealed that he had actually spoken to Aston Villa about whether guards could play. Whether it was a bit tongue-or-cheek or not, we're not too sure. Having mm-hmm. cleared things up with the club secretary, there is something in place that prevents Gary Gardner to play in the fixture. It's almost in every loan deal that you can't play against your parent club. It makes and no that's sense. That's what I assumed. Yeah. I thought he'd be out. Yeah, so it is in his contract, I think, that... He can't play against Blues anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered whether they said yes. It would have been bizarre if they said yes. <laughs> it hadn't been in his contract. He scores in front of the tilt and then just replicates his celebration from a few years yeah. back. Yeah, still need, to pick him up on the stars. still need to pick him up on that. Well, we'll do it. We'll get him on Blues Talk yeah. and we'll interrogate him for yeah. half an hour. Absolutely. That. So that's the big intrigue, I think, come 11 o'clock on Sunday when the teams come out. Is to how does Gary Monk adapt? One to, to Maxime Collin, who, like you say, at, at that whole game, he was stretching to stop a defensive clearance. He was high up the pitch. I think it was following a corner, um, just pinged his hamstring and tried to make a recovery run when Hall went on the counter-attack and straight away signalled across to the bench. So, um, yeah, he'll be looking to return in the international break, according to the gaffer. Uh, whereas Gary Gardner obviously can't play, so 
you know, it's it's David Davis, it's Craig Gardner, or it's a, a change of system again. We've seen him deploy the diamond a so few that weeks ago. you think we'll see a return of the diamond? Yeah, well, that gives him a few other options. Um, whether he goes with a diamond or not, it's up to him. Get, does he get the best out of Hutter? Can you get other players in the pitch? Marabti, Mahoney, Kiftenbelt, they're all can play in there. Magoma as well, of course, experienced in it. So one or two unknowns going into Sunday morning that will hopefully be revealed an hour before kickoff. You talk about Blues being due a win. I think Hotter and Magoma are due goals. They've both had mm. almost like, and same goes for Shea, just the complete opposite of luck. Yeah, in, this in fixture. recent fixtures. Yeah, yeah. Villa Park earlier in the season, Hotter obviously here last year, Magoma a couple of cup. times in the in the League Cup especially. Yeah. yeah. They are each of them due a goal. So what are we saying? Three 0 <laughs> You know, I take a I take a one nil horror show and just get out of there with the three points and the bragging rights. You're quite right. I don't feel like, and you don't ever blame Look, but I don't feel like we've had the rub of the mm-hmm. green. You know, Hutter breaking through and ballooning one into the tilt, and Shea crashing the one off the post at Villa Park earlier. You know, if that goes in, it's a different game. I you don't just think as well with that. Two months later, that's it. Yeah, yeah, and um, and those are the fine points in a game that can decide derbies whether it's a mistake a bit of quality whatever it might be um and we haven't had those go for us so and just the, the law of averages alone i mean you're looking at 13 league games over 14 years that we haven't got a result against them now you you know just Cheers for the reminder yeah but, that, but just by law of averages you do a result you know, there's you can't there can't be a record like that against many other clubs in this division. You know, Hull we don't tend to get a result against for whatever reason, but there can't be many others against Championship clubs where we just haven't got a result home or away. It's weird, isn't it? For as long as it is, especially making it worse by the fact that they're your local rivals. So we do one. We're in a fantastic um, season. You know, looking up towards the playoff places. The manager obviously is concentrating on the next game you hear all the cliches come out but they've just been enjoying the ride and that's been the message from the manager you know whenever we question him on or whether the external press question him on you know is the playoffs a possibility you have to be looking up he's saying listen we are what we are we've defied the odds enjoy what's happening now and let's see where we go so you know from the outside this is as good a chance for the boys to get a result against Villa amazing how a week changes things they go and get a result mm-hmm. at Derby um, not fully strength, full strength Derby County after that, but go and get a result. Jack Grealish returns to the side. Captain scores a fantastic volley. Now mm-hmm. they're all of a sudden can't wait for this Derby and fancy their chances. But it wasn't too long ago that they couldn't pick a result up for Toffee. So let's see what happens on Sunday. Which Villa, which Aston Villa turn up? Because they won't fancy it down here. I tell you that. Well, fingers crossed that in two weeks' time we'll be returning with Blues talk and talking about our first, second City Derby win in the league. Well, it's 14 years now, isn't it? Yeah. 15 games. In the league. 13, 13 uh, games, 14 years. Long enough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, lots of, um, lots of big plans for the podcast. Hopefully we can kick this one off with a, a memorable, memorable win over that lot down the road. Right. Until next time, I've been Callum Denning. And I've been Dale Moon. See you in two weeks' time. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning.